So we want to welcome today to Happy at Work, Kenzo Fang, entrepreneur, former Google, former Uber, all around nice guy, works out of his van. And with Happy at Work, it's all about empowering workers, bringing positivity into the workplace, making people happier, and just bringing on really smart guests who could share you know, what they've learned in their career so that it could help people. And Kenzo, maybe we could start out. You could just tell us who you are, what you do, and we'll jump right into it. Okay, great. So um, thanks for, for having me on the podcast. Uh, so I'm Kenzo Fong. I'm the CEO, CEO of a company called Rob. Um, with Rob, we're re really building a collaboration platform for distributed teams. Um, so um, think about it as a combination of Slack, Trello, or messaging and project management. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the easiest way to think about it. And, and, and with, with that product, so this is goes, your clients are international, right? They're, they're everywhere? That is correct. Um, we have uh, thousands of users, hundreds of teams. Last time I checked, we have uh, we have people in about 170 countries. Wow. So Kenzo, on the platform, what sort of friction are you reducing, uh, i.e., problem that you're solving with the software? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I, I think um, if I just take a step back, right, and if I just take a step back, like we started building rock even um, prior to the pandemic. Um, and um, I was really focused on like solving some of the problems I saw when I, when I was at Uber, right? And like, I think everybody on, on this like podcast, like probably like knows this problem, which is there are so many different tools that like every single team or company uses. Um, and there's so much fragmentation for lack of a better word where you can send an email, you can send a, a message on Slack, you have a, a, a project management tool like Trello or Asana, then you have Google documents or office documents and all of that stuff is like spread across all of these, um, all of these different tools. Uh, so that's what we set out to solve initially. Um, I also always wanted to build a distributed company um, because I'm not from the US. I was born and raised in a tiny country called Suriname, which is in South America. Um, so I know that there's a lot of like talent outside of the tech hubs of Silicon Valley or New York or London or any or any of these um, major um, tech hubs. Uh, so uh, I wanted to set up a distributed company. So um, uh, to, to solve that problem that I had seen at Uber and Google, but then also um, to, um, to to build this company to um, uh, in the in a more like global and distributed fashion. So um, uh, so that's what we set out to do. And I think when the pandemic hit, I think the issues that like we were seeing, not just from like the problem I wanted to solve uh, from my time at Uber, but also building a distributed company. Right, I think. Everybody has been in that like situation for the last uh, two years almost, which is uh, which is unbelievable if you think about it, right? So it's really about like um, reducing friction in terms of how people work together, making it easier to work in a distributed fashion where you you're not in the same office, you might not be in the same city, you might not even be in the same country or time zone, but work um, keeps on continuing. And like, how do we make that easier? How do we 
how do you really rethink not just the processes that we have, but also the tools that like we need for a more distributed way of working? And so I was really interested in your company and what you're doing. I was curious about one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is how distracted we all are in our day. Um, how many different notifications and pings and different emails. I'm checking three different emails like in the middle of everything. And so I was curious about with your product and kind of how you're thinking about rock, you know, this idea of deep work, like the more that we can have the time to focus and concentrate on the things that we're trying to do with our job, I think that creates more meaning for us, right, as employees, um, to have that, that less distraction and more focus and more, more of that deep work idea. So I was wondering if uh, your thoughts on that, is that kind of part of this? Because it, to me, it sort of sounds like one cool outcome that could come from your platform is really reducing the distraction. Yeah, um, I think that's a super valid and, and great point. Right. And like this goes back to what I was saying about like my experience working at companies like Google and Uber, where um, um, at, at different points in my career, I was literally in meetings from like 8 a.m. in the morning to 8, to 8 p.m. in the evening. And it's like, especially if you do global roles at bigger companies, right? Like in the morning, you do your uh, European calls. During the day, you do your U.S. calls. And then in the evening, you do your like Asia calls because that's just the way it works if, you were, if you're in meetings. And as a result, like you don't really have time to sit down and like think and do work, right? So um, one of the key things I think is super important for distributed teams is shifting towards more asynchronous way of working, right? And um, when the pandemic hit, I think most companies um, did what they could, but like um, on a dime, they basically send their entire workforce home, right? And they're like, okay, what we have, what we had been doing in the office, now just go do it from home and take your laptop, take um, Slack, take email, take Zoom, take these tools, and let's just go. And this, right? like, this will work. Um, and I think the la if, if anything, um, the last two years have proven that like this does not work because people now have issues disconnecting. They're like, when does my workday start? When does my workday end? Um, they get things all the time because I think what most companies are doing is they are trying to replicate that in-office culture, which is, hey, let me just walk up to Laura's desk and let me just tap her on her shoulder and say, hey, like, hey, what's up? Like, what are you working on? Or like, I'm trying to have that conversation. And I do not think that works when you're working from home or you're working from anywhere or you're working from a town like me where you're doing your own thing, you're trying to get work done. You're also still trying to juggle like your um, your private life and all the, the personal things that you need to do. Um, so I think shifting towards more asynchronous way of working is uh, what what most companies need to do to actually make distributed work or hybrid work happen. Um, with Rock, like the way we've built the product is that it's it's literally like both synchronous and asynchronous, right? So synchronous means um, similar to Slack, you can send a chat message or you can set up a Zoom call or a Google Meet call if you really want to talk to some, somebody. Uh, but primarily we are trying to encourage people to think about like, what's the best way to communicate, right? Like, is this thing that I want to share with Laura? Is it urgent? Is it important to be documented? Um, and if that's the case, right? Like instead of um, sending a chat message or setting up, setting up a video call, 
maybe you should create a task which like basically summarizes the thing that like needs to happen or that needs to be discussed or you create a topic um very structured where you have a uh, a subject line um the body of like that specific topic and then you have that discussion um which is very asynchronous right which means um you uh you create that topic you create that task um you will get to, I can like tag you in that topic or task, and then you will get to it when you have time to do it. Um, and as a result, you don't get these continuous uh, uh, pings for like whatever messaging clients you're using or calls, or you don't need to be in like uh, like a, uh, a Zoom call like every single day or like multiple times a day. So you like, get that deeper back. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, exactly right, and it's um, and it, it's one of these things where, like, I think most most meetings can actually just be an email or um, like a, a task or like a note or like something like that, which is way more asynchronous. And like that by itself has a ton of benefits for a company for like how work happens and also like work-life balance and just general like sanity, right? Completely, it's a huge change, though, right? It's a huge shift especially for people in leadership positions who kind of got to where they are from doing work in person, butts in seats kind of mentality, right? And so it's a huge shift now to think about the asynchronous part. Um, I was curious about when, when a leader says to you, you know, questions the asynchronous piece, like well, how do you talk about the level of employee engagement or even like how culture can still be built in an asynchronous kind of way. Yeah, um, that's a super valid question, right? And I think to me, um, to make hybrid and like fully distributed work, right? Like it, it literally comes down to two different things, right? Like one is what you're like pointing at, which is culture and like, how do we how do, we do things um, within the company, right? And what are the expectations, right? And I think um, it starts with, um, some cases or some companies a different mindset right which is the uh, th there's this whole like thing going on now with like um online trackers or like are you actually like behind your computer and you need to move your like mouse to make sure that you're still active and like all of that stuff and from a from a cultural perspective right i, I just think that's wrong right? like it starts from like I, I think things need to start from a place of trust and like your your team is trying to do their best and like, everybody's like trying to um, get work done and trying to like build things and, and, and do all of those things. Um, so I do think it, it comes down to culture. It comes down to expectations, right? And it's really about like, what do we, as a company, what do we want to optimize for, right? Like, is it online presenteeism, which is um, your online status indicator like needs to be on green because otherwise you're not like active on your computer, right? Um, or should we optimize for productivity? And I think, right, like as a business, as a company, um, you need to be productive. And I think it's always a better choice to optimize for productivity and user happiness and like use and like work-life balance, right? Because um, like I said, if you don't, if you make the wrong decisions from a cultural a culture and like expectations perspective, I think it increases anxiety, increases pressure to be online blurs the lines between like work and life and like all of that. Kenzo, I'm curious from, from people who've actually been using your software uh, for a longer period of time, 
what sort of benefits are they seeing regarding the, the happy at work and the work-life balance uh, or any positive changes that have come out? So um, I think there are like two key things that like we hear, we hear from, a lot, from a lot of users, right? And it's, um, the first thing is um, um, one, like in general, the simplicity of what we're trying to build, right? So instead of having to piece together Slack and Trello Asana and like all these different tools, like we're building this like all in one thing where you can send a message, create a task, write a note, link all your cloud files, do all of that, right? So um, from a work process perspective and like what your like productivity um, stack is for uh, to a certain degree, right? Like a lot of people appreciate that flexibility and that simplicity where they don't need to um, figure out like ping Jack and say, hey, Jack, like this document that like you shared, like where is it? Or like it's in Google Drive, it's in Dropbox, it's in like all of these different things, right? So a lot of people appreciate that uh, simplicity. Then the second thing is, and, and this is definitely more of a behavior change to Laura's like earlier point, right? Which is the, um, how do I like switch to a more asynchronous way of working? Because we have this tendency to just the chat message or like, let's just jump on the call. And it's that like, that requires like a bit more thinking around like, what am I actually trying to communicate? And it's almost like this, um, it's almost like this two by two, which is like, is it urgent? Is it not urgent? Is it important? Is it not important? And based on that, you basically pick the right way to communicate, right? So for instance, um, and also to a certain degree, like what do you want to discuss? Um, so for instance, if something is like super urgent and it requires you and I to actually have a conversation and like there are like a ton of things like that that you cannot solve by just writing down some text on the computer because we're all like humans at the end of the day, right? Um, if um, it's like super important, it's, it's urgent, probably doing a call still makes sense, right? Doing a video call and like having that, Having that, um, having that conversation face-to-face -face, uh, super useful. But in most cases, right, like people are not that thoughtful about it. And it's, hey, let's just jump on a call and let's just like schedule a recurring like weekly meeting. And then like before you know it, your entire calendar is full with like Zoom calls, right? So the second part, I think a lot of people are starting to realize and we are very opinionated about some of these things, right? So for instance, in the product, like we don't have online status indicators, right? So I don't know if my team is online or not, mm. right? Like I can ping them, ask them if it's like super urgent, but in general, like we don't have online status indicators. So you don't know if, you're, if, if anyone is online. The second thing we also don't have are things like red marks on messages, right? So in some of these apps, when you send a message, it, it has like a checkbox behind it or a check mark behind it that says, um, Jack read this message that we also don't have. That. And well, and all of this stuff is on purpose, right? Because each of these things, I think, leads to anxiety and pressure for people to be online, right? And like a couple of examples here are if um, if I check my messages at 10 p.m. at night because I'm like, hey, like I have the app on my phone anyway, and um, I open the, the, the my messages and uh, my manager sees this red mark behind that message, like, Kenzo is online, so I can ping him about like any, because he's like clearly, and like, that's not the case. Maybe I just wanna stay ahead of what is coming my way tomorrow, right? But like that red mark actually like, then forces me to think about, okay, should I open my app? Like, if I do that, like my, my team or my manager will see that I'm actually like online and then, right? So 
we're doing these things that like try to decrease anxiety and pressure for, uh, for being online all the time. And like that, like to a certain degree, like it, it takes a bit more like getting used to, right? Um, so those are the two, uh, two main things. Yeah, that's so cool. So I, I think um, it's clear you're in your um, camper, I think doing this podcast right now. And so that's just so cool. And I think about what message you're sending to your employees, right? <laughs> about what matters and your leadership. I'd be really curious to, for you to share with us your career and your career trajectory and how you've kind of gotten to this point of, you know, starting rock and doing meetings from your camper. Like how, how did you get here? Um, yeah, happy to share some of that. So um, um, I'm not um, a US native. I was born and raised in this tiny country called Suriname. And sometimes I look around me, I'm, I'm currently in the Bay Area in San, uh, in San Francisco. So sometimes when I look around me, it's, uh, it's like vastly different from when I grew up. Right? Like literally at any point in time, like some people have like three or four connected devices on their body from their watch, to their phone to their like headset or like whatever. Uh, and like that was definitely not the case growing up, right? Like uh, I, was, I grew up in South America. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, to go to university in the Netherlands. Uh, did my first startup um, straight out of uh, university. Um, that startup didn't end up working out, but I really like building things. I really like being in tech. Um, so um, started working at Google uh, in 2006 uh, in the Amsterdam office. Uh, moved to London for Google as well, like uh, relatively soon after that. Uh, and at the time, I worked on products that I think um, a lot of people probably like know or like have never used, like Google Maps, where um, Google Maps was not everywhere. So we literally ended up launching maps from um, Finland to Sub-Saharan Africa and everywhere in between, which was this amazing, like once in a lifetime experience, like actually bringing digital maps to like a bunch of countries that in some cases didn't even have maps. Um, so I really like that and like that, that power of technology to, um, to uh, enable people to get more information, get more things done and like really as this like tool that like helps them. Um, then moved to the US about 10 years ago, um, joined the Android team relatively early on uh, and then worked on uh, on the Android platform and uh, Google Google hardware for a couple of years, where I, I used to run marketing for Android globally. Um, and it's same thing, right? I think just that, like, just the ability to put like a supercomputer into everybody's pocket, where you don't necessarily need to pay the Apple tax, where you, where like iPhone like nowadays costs like a thousand thousand dollars or like whatever it is, but like um, with Android. Like, Anyone, even if you only have like ten dollars to twenty dollars, can buy like a super cheap Android device and just uh, uh, just have have all the world's knowledge and information at your fingertips. Um, so I've always been like drawn towards these uh, these products that really like enable um, people to do things better or like uh, empower them, for lack of a better term. Um, so um, after Google joined Uber. A very similar story. I was part of a team that was um, mostly focused on coming up uh, with new businesses. Uh, and as part of that, um, I helped build Reed's business. Um, and then um, after that, I, I, I really wanted to build um, my own startup um, to solve these problems that I had seen um, being at these bigger tech companies. Um, so, so that's me in a nutshell. 
It's amazing, Kenzo. You know, do you feel part of your success is because you were taking risks? Because you could have stayed where you grew up, but then you went to the Netherlands, which is a big move, and then to the UK, and then here to the US. So, so do you think there's something baked into it for people who are watching this that they feel that maybe you have to push yourself outside your comfort zone and take some chances and take some risks? And if there's not opportunities where you are, go to where the opportunities are. Is that is that? Did you do that purposefully or just just for whatever reason it flowed? Hmm, that's a very that's a very like deep and interesting question, which I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about. But um, uh, I think first of all, I think I've been like super fortunate, right? I, I think it's um, I've been fortunate like being in the space and time. Um, but I think like taking risk probably has something to do with that. But I, I would probably like characterize this a bit more as um, curiosity and like right, like um, curiosity and like what what do I where do I think the world will will be in a couple of years right and like I said like I started working on this collaboration platform for distributed teams right so this is like two and a half years ago uh, before everybody was working in distributed fashion. Uh, because I do think that longer term, um, this is just how work will get done, right? Um, so I think that like sense of curiosity, I think is super important. And I had the same thing with um, uh, when I started working at Google and when I started working on Android, right? Where like, I think in my mind, um, um, like in my mind, like even then, like 12, 13 years ago or whatever it was, right? Like super early in terms of like mobile phones, right? Like, to me, it was clear that like there needed to be a solution that was super accessible to everybody who cannot afford the Apple tax, right? Like, why wouldn't like billions of people have access to a super cheap phone or mobile device? And like, I think that's where Android came in. Um, so uh, I, I think it's it's more so that like sense of curiosity and like trying to figure out like um, what, what do we what do we what what will we need in the next couple of years? That's, right? that's what do you think? What is next? Do you have a sense of what that next big idea is, that big technology innovation? Yeah, I, I think it's right, like if you are in the like tech ecosystem, like bubble type of thing, it's like Bitcoin and crypto and like Web3 and like all of those things. And I think all of that is like super interesting and super, um, super relevant. Um, in my case specifically, I'm, I'm really passionate about like the future of world, right? And um, I think it's like one of these things where the pandemic for all the like bad things, all the like negative things that have come out of the pandemic. I think one thing that it has done and that will stay the same, hopefully when we uh, when we move beyond the pandemic um, is the sense of you don't need to be in the office to get work done, right? And um, if you just think about like the office as like this construct, right? Like if you just go like read through history and like the office as we know it, like has been around for like about a century and a half. And back then it kind of made sense, right? Like you have an office, you needed to go to the office because the means of production or the means, the things that you needed to be productive actually were all in the office, right? From like typewriters to like the rest of your team. And like, you could only like talk to them when you were like in the same room and all of that stuff. But um, especially in the last like five to 10 years um, with the, and I'm just talking about the technology side of it. Like with the advancements that we've been making in terms of connectivity, high-speed internet, um, 
federal conferencing tools um, to um, what we're building with Rock, right? Like um, we're now making it able, uh, we're now um, enabling people to uh, work from anywhere, like literally work from anywhere, right? And then when you think about that, right? Like if you just fast forward to let's say 2030 or like years after like today, right? Like um, why wouldn't you be able to work from anywhere, right? Like currently, um, we have people in 10 countries, seven time zones, and we're all building a product that's like super complex that like um, five years ago, like most um, most people would um, think you, you would be insane to try to build something that we're building now, right? But I think this will happen more and more. And I think that concept of an office needs to go away. And we should think about like, what do we, what do we need that we used to get in the office that we cannot get um, through any of the techn technological tools that we have or like rethinking processes and culture and like those types of things. Um, yeah, but I think um, that's what I'm excited about. I think that is what is happening and that um, uh, that will look quite differently like 10 years from now than it does today. So do you think, and this is, um maybe premature, but do you think you could have a metaverse office or a virtual reality office where you don't have to go to a physical place, but if people just want to congregate together, that that could be the next yeah. step? Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this quite a bit, right? And I think the absolute worst case scenario would be that we replace Zoom with the metaverse, right? Like, can you imagine like being in like, the metaphors from like eight to eight or like whatever it is with like a headset on and like all of that stuff, right? So if people have Zoom anxiety now, imagine having like VR anxiety, right? So I like, yeah, I, I would be very sad if that is what we have, uh, what, what, what will happen. Um, I do think, right, like one of the things that, um, that might be a good application of the metaphors is um, the more like informal brainstorming, right? It's the, you walk around in a room, you walk up to the whiteboard, you sketch something on the whiteboard, somebody walks closer to you, they can actually look at it. And I think that human interaction thing is very difficult to replicate um, when you are not in an office and you're working in a discrete fashion. But like with all of these things, right? Like there needs to be a balance between how often do you do that, right? Um, um, in the case of my company, like we try to keep meetings to a minimum, um, but I do, meetings uh, which are more like conversations but right? it's like i talk to people on my team uh, we talk about things that um that are either like personal or like um, more complex and like you need to have that like back and forth a bit um in terms of like creativity in terms of brainstorming or in terms of those types of things um and if anything i think something like the metaphors could be a good fit for that uh, but there are also like other tools um, like digital whiteboards and um, and also like non-technical, non-technology-based like things. Maybe you should just do like an offsite, like once a quarter where you just meet up and you, um, and it's more like no meetings, no presentations, just uh, socializing and brainstorming and more of the like ad hoc conversations that you used to have in an office. 
think you're kind of getting at this, but I was wondering about how you think about your own employees, because you're really, what you're trying to do with your product is really change the employee experience, right? And I've heard some of the words around trust and creativity and um, some of the, the curiosity part that you were talking about. How do you think about that with the kind of culture you're trying to create at Rock? What, what are some of the things maybe that you emphasize or your philosophy around your employees? Yeah, I think the things I mentioned are things that we try to apply um, at the company on a day-to-day -day, on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So start from a place of trust, um, communicate like asynchronously by default, keep meetings to a minimum. Um, and I think all of those are um, are like super important for this company. Um, by all means, we have not figured all of this out, right? Like I would love to do something like. Um, uh, an offsite where like we pick a random place somewhere on earth that's in the middle of where most people are. And that's like, in, in our case, it's probably gonna be somewhere in Africa or like whatever it is, right? And um, make it easy for, for people to fly there. Like, to my earlier point, like spend uh, spend some time together where we don't do meetings, we don't do- Wait, wait, are we, are we invited to do this by the way, Kenzo? Because this sounds of course, kind of fun. Of course. Uh, as soon yeah. as soon as soon as the world opens up again, yeah. uh, properly opens up again. Okay. Like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting everybody in person um, because um, most people in my team I have not like actually met in person. But like, um, we did interviews, like um, job interviews um, uh, over over Zoom. We've been working together in some cases for like years, right? Without actually having seen people. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, yeah, so um, I think um, yeah, so all of the all of the things I mentioned, I think, are things that we are applying. Um, but like to my earlier point, uh, like it was down to culture and like how expectations are within the company. But then also, like what are the tools that you use, and like are they actually being used in a way that I think helps um, teams work in a more distributed fashion, as opposed to doing the like very human nature thing of. Office and like how do we replicate the office, right? It's the it's a like that was that I think is like misattributed to like Henry Ford, right? Like um, if I would have asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses uh, instead of the car. And like in, in most cases, what what companies are doing now is like how do I build the hybrid office? And like maybe I should um, do this thing where um, there's this always on tool that like. As soon like from um, like nine to five, like your audio always needs to be on because that's the way it was in the office. And I'm like, I don't think that's the right thing. Right? Like it's really like, what are we trying to do? Like, and it's like it starts with um, employee happiness. It starts with productivity. It starts with um, like working together as a team, building culture, building products, building or like doing um, like um, uh, provide services, like those sorts of things, and then think about like. How, do, how should we actually structure ourselves, right? Because the office is this construct that like we invented, so we can reinvent that, right? Like what, what should that look like? You know, I, I know you mentioned about the offsite, but what about people who are, let's say naturally gregarious, or let's say young people coming into the workforce who want to have, you know, in-person experience, you know, they want to kind of, you know, everyone's different in how, you know, they want to interact. Are there ways to do that in addition to the to the offsites? You think? Um, I think there are. Um, 
we have not done as much of this ourselves. And like yeah. I said, like we're still we're still trying to figure this out while we're doing it. Right? It's um, but um, uh, if it if it's primarily uh, like remote or distributed, right? Like um, uh, there are like different tools, different ways that you can actually like encourage this and right. And it goes back to like process or culture and tools, right? Like there are tools that like randomly send like two people within a company a message and say, hey, um, Jack and Sam, like, seems like you haven't talked to each other. Maybe you should like jump on a call and then like get that yeah. interaction, right? And, like those things are like super interesting to me. Um, but um, I haven't really, I haven't really found like uh, a good, a good way for us to do that. But I do think um, uh, a lot of this is very much like personality based, right? Like yeah. separate from like how a company like operates and how a team operates, all of that stuff, right? Like some people need that like social interaction like every single day. Um, and I, I encourage people on my team to always say, hey, like what can we do to improve, right? Like what are you missing? Like and what are we not like doing because we're not in an office together, right? So um, yeah, and I, I do think it's, it's one of these things where um, I think the human element like the like some of this stuff, right? This this is going to be the most difficult thing to figure out, right? It's the it's this whole concept around like if you look at like AI and like machine learning, right? Like what are the jobs that are going to be safe in the future, right? Because most of the like traditional jobs, um, like uh, like engineering or being um like a, a doctor or like those sorts of things, I think AI and ML to a certain degree can replace. Um, but the things like if you're a nurse and you have set manner and you can walk up to a patient and like comfort them and like I don't think a computer's gonna replace that anytime soon. And it's the same work, but um with technology you can like do things, you can build the tools to do some of these things a lot better, especially if they are purpose built for distributed teams. But the things that like are difficult to solve in that person actually like do an or like like sharing things with the team like come in which is like how do we actually like fill this in like how do we how do we solve these how do we fill in the gaps between um processes and tools and like how do we actually get some of that um some some of that like some of social aspects back um yeah that makes sense is as you're going along i guess your, your employees or your customers might start bringing that up to you and saying, hey, how can we do it? And I guess it'll evol keep evolving because we're, we're still in foreign territory, right? We're still kind of feeling our way. And, uh, you know, we, we look like things were great, then you had the Delta, then we think things are great, you have Omicron. So we're still in a state of flux. So I guess the same thing with, with your platform, that as time goes on, you know, there might be a, a turning point where a lot of your employees or customers say, hey, you know what? I'm bored being at home. Let's do something. Let's let's get some other social element. Or they just may say, you know what? I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with everybody else. I'd rather just do my job, get it done, and then leave my life. You know, be with my family, my kids, my dogs, my cats. So it's interesting. Now, are there any other questions we didn't ask you, Kenzo, that you'd like to share with us? Um, hmm. Um yeah, I don't, I don't know, right? Like, I think we covered like most of the, the different things. I, I, I do think, um, I do think that like one of the benefits I think, like 
being more distributed, right? And I think most most startups for sure um, will be like more distributed on the day one, right? Like there's no like reason to do the like old school, let's find a garage somewhere in Silicon Valley and like build the entire company from that garage, right? Um, I, I do think one of the things that has been overlooked is um, like the economic impact of like being able to hire from anywhere, right? And I think that's super important, right? Because like we literally have people on the team that like I would not have even considered at Google or Uber because hey, like they're not in Silicon Valley, right? Like, and these are like amazingly talented people um, that are now part of the team are now building this tool. And I think that's that's great from like the economic opportunity perspective because you don't need to be in Silicon Valley to actually um, uh, build um, built a product like ours, work at the tech startup, and do all of these different things. But also from a diversity perspective, I think that's like amazingly powerful, right? Like instead of saying, hey, we have this like this box that like we're going to build in because we think th this is our perspective on things, right? Like um, we literally have people from like every single continent except I think Antarctica and, um, and Australia, right? So um, as a result, I think the, the product that we're building just has a different just has a different feel to it and like hopefully solves problems that like I wouldn't know about because I have been in tech for the last like 15 years and like working for bigger tech companies for the last 15 years, right? So um and I think if that applies to a company like ours, right? Like can you imagine like what that would be then uh, what that, like other companies are doing this and like in, in, and being way more inclusive and like way more diverse in terms of backgrounds and perspectives and, and all of that. That's great. Hey, wait, you know what? I lied. I have one more question and this is very self-serving. So when are you going public and are you getting uh, your pals over here uh, in on the, uh, <laughs> on the first round? What's, 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 what's the game plan here? Uh, that's a, that's a great question. Yeah. I, I don't know. Right? Like for this sort of stuff, um, so we're not going public anytime soon. Mm -hmm. uh, and in general, right, like the way I, I, I like to think about these things is you, you just built a great product, right? You built mm -hmm. a great product that a lot of people love and use. And then like whatever comes next, comes next, right? Like, so um, so that, that's really what we're focused on. So just, just focus right now on getting a big client adoption of your product and getting it out there, bringing in some revenue, getting the name recognition and, and then, and then maybe get around the financing and take it from there. And then we get, uh, you know, we get uh, insiders because like we're your buddies now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Always have, always have to have that conversation. But like in, okay. in general, like that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Right? Like All right, cool. We're building hey. product, um, and um, we're we're trying to get people to see not just like what we can do to simplify like their daily work, but also why asynchronous is so important. And that's, uh, that's why it's always like super fun to you, Jack. Well, this is great. So, hey, I got another idea. Hey, Michael, how about this? You know how Julio Smithers? So we interviewed this gentleman who runs basically DHL of Mexico and like anything that comes, any, any cargo pretty much that comes into Mexico City comes through him. Great guy. And he invited us for the holiday party that he has that seems to be really off the hook. So maybe instead of Africa, we could do it in Mexico. <laughs> so, so you could come there, we could all get together, have one big blast. I'm, I'm, I'm totally open to that. I think that should be a lot of fun. And 
I, I don't think I've stepped into a plane in the last like year and a half. So Same. very much looking forward to that. All right, well, great. Great, Mike. Dr. Laura, any, any other things? No, that I just, Kenzo, thank you. This was so thank you fun so much. and love your insights. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a great story, man. You know what? I, it's amazing. I mean, you, you don't hear too often somebody grows up in a really small country, moves to Netherlands, moves to the UK, moves to the US, works at really, you know, amazing companies, Uber and Google, sets up your own company. I mean, that's great. That's awesome. It's kind of like the American dream, right? Where you come here and, and you just, just make, you're able to do whatever you want to do. It's, it's, it's invigorating. I love it. I love that story. It's fantastic. I mean, do you yeah, look back, uh, do you look back and say, this is crazy where I am now compared to where I was? I don't know, but like, I, I, um, not that often. And like yeah. I said, like I've been like super fortunate and um, I've been super fortunate. So um, yeah, I, I am very like, appreciative of that where, um, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, and in, in general, like really enjoyed this conversation. And I talked to Laura and, and Jack and, and Mike as well. Well, thank you so much. It was great seeing you again. Well, take care. I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. And thank you, Sam, for setting everything up. Thanks, Kenzo. Thanks, Kenzo. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye, everyone.